everyone this is did you hear this this. i'm paul and i'm zach we've got a very special episode for you this week it it is paul's week to choose an item and you know what the news has been so depressing so we're gonna take you to a galaxy far far away and a long long time ago yes i did reverse those uh Now, while I'm trying to avoid lawsuits, let's let's hope knock on wood, right? Yeah, you know, don't don't go there. I mean, if, our, our one listener would probably not be able to support the lawsuit. One listener last week, you told me we were averaging a whopping fifteen. I yeah, you know, I you know numbers maybe yeah maybe they're there yeah maybe they are there. they are numbers. So if you're tuning in and you're like, this is just way too fucking weird. I highly recommend listening to previous episodes. We will most likely be back to normal next week. Uh, Unless, you know, we get a whole shit ton of sponsors. If you want to give us money to do this every week, we will do this every week. Yes, please. But we were joking ahead of time that the show this week is going to be a window on tattooing. Because if there's one thing that the world needs more of right now, it's two white dudes talking Star Wars. At least we're not going to hate on people for it. I don't That's, care what your yes. opinion of Star Wars is, what part of it you like. Come on in. I think it should be fun for everyone. And hey, maybe that's where we should start today with this episode is like, what is the state of the fandom and how can we make it more meaningful to more people? Oh, sh- Paul, you just went and turned this from a gag episode into a real episode. Yep. You never but see that left it. hook coming. I'm here for it. You know, I feel like the Star Wars fandom has been embarrassing for at least a decade now Mm. and uh it's gotten so that the most vocal fans are the epitome of toxic fandom you have things like what they did to to rose in the last jedi which by the way i think the last jedi is the best of the sequel movies they at least tried to do something new right and where i think like force awakens is sort of like cotton candy right nobody's gonna say no to it it's enjoyable force force awakens is a new hope part three but it's but it's ultimately like like much like cotton candy ultimately it ends up being basically nothing but air right whereas like last jedi you get into some really deep themes that we only really see in some of the animated extended universe or some of the old eu books mm-hmm. where you really like look at the humanity of what's going on in this universe what's it like to be someone who's completely powerless in a universe with these force wielding maniacs yeah and while i think that they suffer from some lack of let's say continuity they they don't seem to know scale like we go from a whole republic and now it's down to one starship of people and like it changes perspective on things. In addition to that, uh, my biggest problem with the sequel trilogy is that they didn't pick something and go with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, like we have, we're introduced to this great cast of new characters and while I feel like the acting wasn't always great, let's be honest, in Star Wars, the acting has never been great and that's part of the beauty of it. Nor has you the had, dialogue. Yeah, you had... You had an ex-stormtrooper. That's a cool story you never hear. You have mm-hmm. an abandoned girl from a sand planet. That's a story we've heard at least twice. Um, mm-hmm. But still fun. You know, you have an ace hotshot pilot who's, 
hubris is his is his undoing like mm-hmm. you've got a cool cast of characters but none of them end up being really central to the plot there doesn't there's not one overarching thing yeah in the in the prequels you know you can talk about the plot of episode one being relatively non-existent especially in context of the next two we have the overarching arc of the rise of vader right yeah the second one you have the fall of vader (laughs) and the rise of luke so there's at least and i'm just i'm steamrolling you now paul get your ideas in there no no no. i was just gonna say about phantom menace look is it a great movie no yes but is it a star wars movie yes and i'm sorry like i come from a viewpoint of i I, (laughs) i went to see phantom menace at midnight when it came out man um phantom menace has a special place in my heart even though it's like universally hated by the fandom we all kind of like it though right there are cool ideas in it it's without that movie there's there's i'm sorry without that movie there's no marvel universe because special effects as we know them don't exist without phantom menace yeah oddly enough of the prequels i think the special effects hold up the least in episode one which Mm -hmm. i guess isn't all that together surprising but um i've always enjoyed phantom menace i'm not gonna lie i thought jar jar was fun Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, racism aside, I guess. Uh, well, there, there, we know that there's always been problems with that in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought the pot racing was fun. Anakin mm-hmm. was a little annoying, but remember, Luke was a little annoying in A New Hope. Uh, I thought Qui Gon was awesome. I thought Darth Maul was awesome. They actually did a great job of making, you know, droid troopers pretty cool. Destroyer droids were fantastic. Yeah. And then, then things were a little whoopity whoop. But like, well, and I, see, all right. So this is where I might differ from you, though. Then is that I think of Attack of the Clones as like the stealth best of the three. I think of Attack of the Clones as both the best and the worst. Okay, and I'll, I'll tell you why. I think it's two separate movies. Mm-hmm. I think you have the main story, the actual plot line um the the beginning of the clone wars right Mm -hmm. that is actually really good it's good action it's exciting you've got Mm -hmm. c-3po at his most c-3po-iest you know that's the movie where he says i'm beside myself and that was a (laughs) laugh aloud moment for me in the theater okay also (laughs) die jedi scum wait what did i say (laughs) and uh but then you also have the love story between Anakin and Padme, which is just mm-hmm. terrible schlock. It's not even terrible schlock. It's, and actually this is, this would be where I think my difference of opinion from you is, is that yes, on the surface, it's a romance story, but it's really not right. All we see is an overgrown boy who never really grew past the age of nine. Well, you, you know, child emotionally, soldier. right. Yeah who has been raised to be celibate essentially by the Jedi and has had very little interaction with other people. So of course he's stalkery and weird and doesn't know how to talk to a girl. Maybe the whole point is we're looking at this as not a story of the rise of a hero. Eventually it becomes a story of a rise of a villain. So Mm -hmm. in being so wooden and so overdone, I think the love story actually really sells this idea that 
he sees himself as this hero, but we ultimately know he'll become a villain and that the signs are there all the time. I read once that it's a, the prequel trilogy, people hate on it, but it's really a fantastic allegory for children, more so than the other two trilogies, right? Mm -hmm. About the dangers of, you know, holding on to people too tight or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. And really you look at it and it is, what can fear do when you're so afraid that, you know, something's going to happen to the one and only person you love. And ultimately he causes the demise himself. It's also, I think, a great analogy for Bush era politics, but well, let us not dive into that particular. Oh, come on. Come if you're uh, just joining us, welcome to a view on Tatooine. Da -da 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 -da. Now with 90% more Bush politics. <laughs> you know, there's, there is, one person out there who's going, I really was looking for a podcast that looked at 20-year-old <laughs> politics through the eyes of science fiction. This is my jam. Well, that one person out there, you're welcome. And also, we're sorry. <laughs> um, no, I, I to, to let you in on, on some background here, dear listener. Mm-hmm. Paul and I have something we call Scotch and Soda and Star Wars. It's actually the original version of this podcast. Yeah, it really was where this came from. Mm -hmm. um, and where once a week we would watch Clone Wars and drink at the time Scotch. I don't think either of us have had an actual drink in months with it. Nope. <laughs> but the, the name's still there. Yeah. So we just finished in time for Bad Batch today. Yes. Maybe Disney will give us money. We're giving them a lot of advertising. I mean, uh, to, the, to, to our one listener. Yes. 15, you told me, Paul. It's, Although it's, after today, probably one. <laughs> uh, uh, that'd be, that would be bad because that would mean my wife probably unsubscribed. <laughs> no, no, thanks. No. <laughs> but so we finished up. And as part of the wrap up, I rewatched Revenge of the Revenge of the Sith. I've only seen this movie now three times. I've seen it twice before. Once in the theaters, absolutely hated it. Mm -hmm. um, once on a rewatch with a group of friends that was part of a six movie marathon when there were only six movies. Mm -hmm. uh, so barely paid attention. Mm -hmm. And I have to say this went from being my least favorite of the Star Wars movies to... I mean, it's still not in the top, but I don't hate it. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The special effects really live up. It's got some legitimate humor to it, some clever humor. The writing is still terrible. George Lucas should not write. It's true. Um, he's, a, he's an idea guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's got great ideas, but his writing is terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, and the acting's still over the top or Natalie Portman's case, just non-existent. Mm. But that's part of Star Wars, I feel like. And it was Fun. It was legitimately fun. Mm -hmm. And having gone through the Clone Wars 2, there are moments of true emotion as well mm -hmm. in the movie. Uh, so I guess 20-year-old spoiler alert here, you know, pause for the next 45 seconds or whatever. But when all the Jedi are getting gunned down, yeah, like there, there are moments when Rex, not Rex, but when um Cody, Cody gets Order 66 and just turns and starts firing, right? Like that's real emotion. Well, and uh, particularly in light of Clone Wars, and for those of you who are unfamiliar with Clone Wars, Cody and Rex are two of the clones that we get to know best mm -hmm. as that series progresses over seven years. Clone when, Wars, by the way, is War Crimes, the, the TV show. But for kids. For kids. Uh, for kids. War Crimes, the TV yeah. show. 
now yeah. for kids. Um, but it is also, I think, one of the uh, most incredible works of television arts, particularly for animation, um, because it manages to go from something that really was for kids originally and was kind of, you know, it just, it just wasn't very good. And if you ever saw the 2008 movie that was animated that oh. I, as a Star Wars fan, did not even know had come out until a right. few years ago, um then you know how bad it was it was wooden it looked like you were playing like an aol boot up game mm-hmm. it was boring game. honestly yeah like how often is star wars boring right right especially for something called the clone wars right mm-hmm. um over well, those... to be fair in the star wars there's yeah. often very little wars that's true there's just like intergalactic incidents intergalactic planetary yeah. And I think that's as much as you can sing before we get sued. Yeah, I think that's about it. Right? Um, anyway, uh, particularly when you get to the end of that series, and here I might throw a spoiler on, so mute yourself for the next 30 seconds or so. Um, when you get to the end of the Siege of Mandalore and Order 66 comes down and you see Rex turn on Ahsoka and he, mm-hmm. he fights against the Order to try to uh, you know, stop himself from killing his best friend, uh, and you compare that to Cody, who we see in Revenge of the Sith joking with Obi-Wan uh, mm-hmm. about, come on, when have I ever let you down? Which is my terrible Tamira Morrison. Yeah, that was awful. Yeah, well, you know, anyway, um, he, he, you know, they laugh and they joke throughout and you get this sense of camaraderie, which is more than you can say for any of the other clone troopers we see in the Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. Um, to see him then hand Obi-Wan his lightsaber and say, you might need this. Uh, I got to stop doing accents, man. It's bad. Hey, well, you know, it's fun for me because it's always like, <laughs> who the hell is he talking about? I don't know. All right. Ooh, anyway, Cody which, hands Obi- which was the Irish clone? So is there a stereotypical <laughs> leprechaun clone? Oh boy. Um, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble for this one, aren't I? Uh, so, so Cody hands his lightsaber back to Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan jokes with him and then rides off on his, lizard horse thing and then cody gets order 66 doesn't hesitate turns around and immediately orders his artillery to open fire on obi-wan like knowing the other side of someone who tried to resist it versus Mm. how quickly cody turns is heartbreaking yeah and i think you know the clone war series really i think it redeems a movie that probably on its own is kind of irredeemable the the change in Anakin, the turn, which should have been three movies coming, but was like mm-hmm. five minutes in this movie, right? Uh, y- you really see it grow and you see the seeds plant in, in the show, which makes it more of a legitimate heel turn, right? Mm-hmm. And the moment where Obi-Wan yells, you know, you were my brother, in, in the theaters the first time seeing it, it was over dramatic, mm-hmm. like melodramatic, just... Yeah awful hilariousness right Mm -hmm. and now it's still melodramatic but it's like touching melodrama and i I think that speaks to um what the clone wars does for star wars and by extension what rebels does for the ot uh and it's the equivalent of you see a movie and you sort of get the context but then you read the book and you get all the intricacies that you wouldn't otherwise know unless you had read the book to know what to look for. We are actually super over time on this conversation. Oh, I'm I feel sure like we, we have are. so much more to say. Yeah. So, 
So, so stay tuned for part two at some point in the near future, listeners. And I tell you what, if this is something you'd be interested in hearing every week, we could do a spinoff for sure. You could mm-hmm. have the dark horribleness of the real world and then the uplifting you know, world of slavery, genocide, and uh, child soldiers that is Star Wars. I, I honestly still like the idea of uh, m- maybe we, we actually do a view on Tatooine. Right. I, I love it. I think we it's could, a we could set it idea. at the cantina and it could be two of us working as bartenders just shooting the about uh, I see this more on Tatooine. Like a local like advertisement type thing, like uh, you know, the city would put out like a view <laughs> from Tatooine. And um yeah, it'd be cool because we could even just pick an individual thing from Star Wars and talk about it. All of it's so deep. So really, you know, it's like there's it's a like lot a, of talking points. It's like a public access broadcast. Yes, exactly. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So stay tuned for that project at some point in the future, the murky, murky future. Anyway, join us next week <laughs> where we return to a wonderful world of how everything's going to hell. Uh, <laughs> this has this been, has been Did you hear this? I'm Zach, and that over there. Yeah. This week on Did You Hear This, our theme song was You'll Be a Warrior in the Star Wars, performed by the Rebel Force Band, first recorded in 1978. Our outro music is Da Werda Verda, or The Rage of the Shadow Warriors, from the Republic Commando soundtrack, originally recorded by Jesse Harlan. From all of us here at Did You Hear This, and from a galaxy far, far away, we wish you a better tomorrow. <laughs>